Hi, and welcome to my podcast, uh, Short Change, the Risk Ward Looks Poor in the Payment Sector. And this is probably a fo- really a way, a follow-on of uh, a post I, I put out a month or two ago uh, where I looked at the U.S. credit card cartel and wondered if the U.S. government was finally going to take it on. Um, and what we're starting to see in the market uh, is we're starting to see some big changes coming through in the way the market works. Um, and it's starting to, to me anyway, indicate, indicate that the risk reward in, in sort of payment sector looks very, very poor indeed. Um, so one of the things that I've always noticed with, uh, you know, uh, with the market is one of the most dangerous places to be invested is in an area where a cartel is, is beginning to fall apart or is beginning to break apart under competition. Um, and. One of the things that we saw last year in 2021 is the Chinese government came in, uh, regulated very heavily Alibaba and Tencent, who were the owners of the of the Chinese payment system. The Chinese payment system is very, very low cost. It's a, it's a bit different to Visa and MasterCard. In the sort of credit card payment system that is we're all familiar with in the West, the retailer really pays the uh, big fees, about 3% all in, 25 to 3 uh, sometimes a bit higher. In China, they build a system where, which is low cost for both the for the uh, retailer and for for the for the client or the consumer, uh, and it's grown fantastically. And, and so, it's a very distant different system, uh, and actually much more robust in many ways than in the West. Um, now, what's interesting is when the government regulated Tencent Alibaba, they also forced their their payment systems open to each other, and I suspect open to the upcoming. E B, the electronic B, the blockchain B, has already been trialed and is ready to roll out. And so what I see in China is they're really moving to a, a much more uh, robust and aggressive payment system that will be buck- backstopped by the state. So very different to what we're seeing with Bitcoin or Ethereum or Tether. It'll be very, very different. It is a, it is a government-backed one. Um, I know that takes away some of the attractions uh, of uh, crypto for some people, but it does mean with the full force of the Chinese government behind it, it you can assume that it, it will be widely used within China and probably outside of China too. And this this does pose not only threats to Tencent and Alibaba, uh, but to Western payment systems as well. Uh, one of the things that it really threatens them with is you know is a demonstration effect and also the competitive effect. If people look at this and think. Uh, if the West look at this system and see see a successful introduction of a new, much more efficient, cheaper payment system, then you could easily see it starting to be rolled out um, into the rest of the world. Now, when we look at Visa, what you can see is that their spending volumes have really been flatlining in, in Asia since 2013. Now, uh, what I try and point out here is, and something I've been pondering myself for a while, is typically when you start to see competition coming, technological competition coming, you start to see voluntary decline, you're seeing your competitor's share price get destroyed, you would normally see shares start to derate as more and more uncertainty gets priced into the market. That has not happened really with Visa and MasterCard. And the reason for that, I think, and the reason for so much of the outperformance of the US is that uh, is share buybacks. And share buybacks, you know, are done in the way I look at them. I don't know if the corporates do this themselves or it's an independent market, but they look at um, 
when they're doing a share buyback, you can still justify the idea that you are creating value if the bond yield or the bond yield that you've issued is lower than the earnings yield. So any yield is PE inverted. Um, and so we take a look at Visa. What you can see is that uh, the, the Visa earnings yield has declined massively over the last couple of years in line with a very, very steep fall in the bond yield for Visa. Um, and so you can justify share buybacks on that sort of basis. And I think the market has been very efficient in pricing that on. But the upside for Visa and MasterCard of both doing this issuing debt, which they don't need to do, and then sort of creating value between arbitraging the earning yield and the bond yield is that you get stocks that trade at 20 times EV sales. That includes the bonds that issued. And this is re-rated the entire sector. So if you look at like the FactSet Financial Technology Index, it's just one I chose because it includes all the companies that I think look interesting and at risk in the payment sector. You know, it's been a, a very good performer over the last, you know, seven, eight years, but just recently it started to decline, decline rapidly. Uh, and one of the things I would say for, for someone who spent a lot of their time uh, last 10, 15 years looking for stocks that could decline uh, rapidly. What I would say is that the makeup of the, the financial technology or fintech payment area does strike me as one where uh, there are huge downside risks. You're already seeing a lot of weakness in smaller cap names. Uh, you're starting to see rising competition. You've got the demonstration factor uh, happening in China. And you also have what now looks like, you know, very hard to justify very low bond yields. So if we saw any sort of a normalization in bond yields, the fintech area looks, I think, troubled. If you see more competition out of China, troubled. If blockchain uh, is proven in China as a very efficient payment system, that's also uh, problematic. So for you know, long-owned investors who have ridden this cycle, congratulations to you. Uh, but I would say, you know, risk award here looks very poor. All right. Thanks for your time. And we'll talk again soon.